guys. Welcome to another episode of Live with the Cork in the Road. I'm Kelly. I'm your wine explorer here in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am chatting with people who are shaping the Southeast wine industry. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. This is the second to last episode of season three of the podcast. So hang in there. We've got one more before the end of the year. And before we bring in 2021, I cannot believe we're in the final countdown of 2020. This is wild. I don't know about you guys, but I'm drinking a lot of really good wine right now. And I'm also finding ways to stay connected with the people I care about through wine. And it's been such a joy in these crazy times to find those conversations and those connections when sharing a favorite bottle, gifting a favorite bottle, shipping an order, jumping on a virtual wine tasting, whatever it is. I've been doing private client virtual tastings and it's been really exciting to be teaching and exploring again with people like I used to do at in-person events. So thank you all for being a part of this overall wine journey and cheers to the new year ahead. This week's episode is all about health, food, wine, and travel. I had the honor of speaking with Dr. Nadine White. She is a pediatrician, full-time physician, but she's also a travel blogger. Her blog, The Sophisticated Life, covers travel and travel guides, and she's done a lot of work to highlight wine regions in her travels. She recently started pursuing more formal education in wine, and it was fun to hear about that journey and how that all started. Here's the crazy part. She's met Oprah. Uh, She is an Oprah Magazine brand ambassador, also a board member of the Black Travel Alliance, which is something that started in 2020, and it's very inspiring. So you'll hear about that in the episode. She does a lot of speaking engagements. She's an Amazon bestselling author for her series of travel eBooks. She's got good vibes, good energy, and great advice. So pour something fun. Here we go, you guys. Home stretch of 2020. Talk to you next week. Thank you for having me. Thank you so Hello. much for being here. You yeah. are a physician by day, blogger by night, also known as Superwoman is how I kind of feel like I'm talking to you right now. So thank you for being here. And I was really honored that you mentioned that a lot of the people on past episodes of the podcast are friends of yours or people you admire. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. So I mean, like, I'm obviously not in the wine industry. I don't do anything professionally, but I've been blogging about wine for a while. And then I decided this year to pursue my wine certification. So I like started following even more people, you know, and uh, signed up to be part of the Hughes Society. So this year in particular, especially since I wasn't traveling. So I decided to like really like dive deep into the wine world this year. But like last year, I went on a press trip to Bordeaux and the Mosul for harvest. And yeah, so that was huge. And I was with Phil from Wine Folly, which was crazy because like Madeline was like the first blog I started reading years ago when I started reading and studying about wine. So I was like, you work for Wine Folly? Like, and so yeah, that was huge. And I'm so grateful because then like COVID happened. Like who would have known that after that, pretty much everything shut down. But after going on that trip, that really too inspired me to start 
really diving deeper into it and getting my wine certification. And so I started that and did that this year. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. And I had the time since I wasn't traveling. And you also had a pretty epic last trip of wine. Going to Bordeaux, that's a perfect way oh to just kick God. off the, the pause in travel, I suppose. So you might be new to the wine world per se, but I found you on your Instagram and your blog. You also have 20 yeah. years of practicing medicine. So you're a hero. Thank you might be you new know. to some things, but you are a pro in a lot of other things. And it sounds like you've been uh, vlogging for several years. This is really exciting because I did find you through your blog and your travel content. So I have so many questions for you, Um, but we're going to dive into what your blog (laughs) is because that's how I found you. And that seems like a huge passion project for you. So what, what is that about and when did that start? Yes. So like you mentioned, I'm a physician full time and I started the blog actually right before I came to Atlanta. So I came to Atlanta eight years ago and uh, right before that, um, unfortunately, my mom passed away when I was living in Florida. And so I was just at a point in my life where I was like, okay, what am I doing? I'm like going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home. But I've always traveled. I've always had a passion for arts and culture and food and always traveled. And I got that from my mom, honestly. My mom was like a major world traveler. And so I started the blog based on that and just kind of documenting all the things I was doing. And at first it was even with my friends. And so I was like, let's write about all the great things we're doing all around the world. And of course it kind of fell off in terms of bugging my friends to submit articles. I had one friend that kind of kept up with it for a while and did some guest posts, but it became really about me and writing about, it was more personal stories at first. Um, just personal, like this is what happened when I traveled to Africa, you know? Um, and then what really resonated with people were more like travel guides. So if you're going to this place for three days, four days, or just a week, what do I need to do? Where do I need to go? Where do I need to eat? You know, what do I eat? So that's what seemed to resonate with people the most. And so I started writing more like travel guides. So, okay, you're going to Paris for a week. Okay, this is what you need to see. This is where you need to go. This is how you get around. (laughs) This is what to eat. I've always been into food and different cultures. And so um, that really took off. And I started writing more about that. I still wrote personal essays. Like if there was a story that hit me, something that really happened to me abroad, I would write about that. And so Yeah, so it went from being very broad. I would write about like art and culture and travel and food and wine. And it kind of narrowed my scope, narrowed to travel food and wine. And for me, the wine part was about if I traveled anywhere and they had a winery, wine region within three, four hours, my husband would hate me because I'm like, there's a wine region three and a half hours away. That's not far. And he's like, on a day trip that far? But, you know, and my family's actually from Jamaica originally, so it's not like I grew up around wine. I grew up around rum. So I'm not quite sure. I would say my first real experience was my first trip outside of the U.S. um, international trip was to Italy in 2005. And we went on this whirlwind trip um, from Rome to Venice to Florence, Lake Garda. And my favorite was Tuscany. And so, I mean, I just absolutely fell in love with Tuscany when we went there. We spent a day there outside of Florence. And I just remember the rolling vineyards. I didn't know that much about the grapes and the terroir or anything, but I just was like, this is just beautiful. I just love it. And I remember that really sparked my interest. And so whenever I went to a country and they had like wineries or vineyards nearby, 
I would go and I would go on a day trip and take tours. And I really had an interest in the winemaking um, and the history and the, just how it affected the culture of that, that region. And so my wine posts really on my blog were about like day trips to these different wine regions when you were traveling and just kind of getting to know the area um, based on that. So if we were in Paris, we were going on a day trip to Champagne. Um, if we were in Sydney, Australia, we went to Hunter Valley and I would write about that. Um, so pretty much anywhere I went, like I said, if there was, um, it was like combining wine with travel and I would tell people, you know, this is the wine, this is the wine that this place is known for. So that became kind of the wine section of my blog. And you've won awards for your blog. Tell me what you've won because honestly, capturing those incredible experiences in a blog is something I admire. The best part is going to the place and drinking yes. the wine and feeling it, experiencing it. So you've been able to capture it through words, which is a total skill. What are the awards that you've won? So I've won one award about five years ago, and it was um, for black travel bloggers, actually. And so that was pretty exciting because I'd only been blogging for about three years at that point, and it was from my peers. So that was really exciting. And um, yeah, and then that pretty much led me to last year, I wrote three ebooks, and two of them were based on my travel guides. So um, one was based on all the travel guides I wrote for like, again, 24 hours in this destination, 48 hours in this destination or a week. And then one was based on all the food and wine guides that I wrote. And then I came up with an idea while I was writing those two on USA Wine Guide, again, for travelers. And I just kind of touched on all the USA wine regions. And people were, again, were like, they make wine in Michigan? And I'm like, yeah. They make wine in Virginia. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, and yes, so, they do. <laughs> yeah. And so that was also really cool to me because, again, I'm like, if people are traveling and they have even a mild interest in wine, hey, if you're in this area, check it out. Check out these type of wines. Yeah, so again, I kind of try and combine the wine and travel aspect. And one day I hope to take people with me. That's my whole goal is to take people with me on these, you know, wine journeys around the world. My goal is to actually visit every single major wine region in the world. And I haven't been to South America yet. So I was supposed to go this year with, as we know, COVID. But um, yeah, that's the one area, continent, I guess I haven't been to yet in terms of wine regions. So. I believe you will. Given your experience and your <laughs> drive for travel, I'm like, she's going to do it. When it's safe, she'll do it. Yes. I'm listening to you and I'm I'm smiling so big because you have so much going on in your life that for me, when I hear you talk about the way that you love to travel and experience culture, to me, it's, it's like the icing on the cake because you have a yeah. lot. It's not, it's not what you depend on. It's what you enjoy. And I yeah. hear that as you talk about it. So the other part of that is thinking, wow, life balance is really important for everyone, especially <laughs> yes. in 2020. We've all been like hit with a bunch of things. So yeah. What does the blogging and the sharing experiences like that bring to your life on top of being a physician? You are, you are yeah. helping people in their health every day. So what does the blogging do for you that you keep pouring your heart into it for? Yes, I will say, so for me, I went to college at 17. I went to medical school at 21. I graduated medical school at 25. So I was getting my... Dr. Nadine White at 25 and finished my residency in pediatrics at 28. 
So, you know, my entire 20s, I was studying to be a doctor and was thrown into, you know, taking care of critically ill patients at 28, 29. And so I was pretty young um, and felt like I had devoted like my whole life to, to medicine, which I had. And so by the time I started this blog, I was in my late 30s, almost 40. And yeah, my entire life had been medicine. Like I said, I, I started traveling, I guess, in my mid 30s. You know, I think uh, when I went to Mexico, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I, I'm in Mexico, <laughs> you know, because I remember even when my mom was traveling and she would say, oh, you should come. And I was like, I can't take two weeks off to go to Australia. Like in residency, they don't give you that, you know, there's just no such thing. So I never had like a creative outlet. And actually, I remember when I took a few classes in college where I had to write a paper, I hated it. I was like, oh, what is this? Like, come up with why? I'm like, no, 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 just tell me to get, you know, A, B, C, D, or E, you know? <laughs> that was how my brain worked. I did not understand how people wrote papers and wrote in those little blue books. I just had no comprehension of that. And so it was actually strange to me when I started this idea of blogging. And at the time, I didn't even know that was a word. I just was like, oh, I'm going to write about and take pictures. And oh, this seems cool. And it was surprising to me, actually, that I liked it because I did not like that previously. But it ended up being like a really great creative outlet for me. And just I loved exploring that part of my brain for the first time in my life. And people responded to it. That was the shocking part. <laughs> like People were like, oh my gosh, I feel like this is the biggest compliment. And when people tell me that today, it's still the best feeling is that people felt like they were traveling along with me. And I realized travel is a privilege, you know? And so when people tell me that they felt like they were with me on my trip, and I would a lot of times document like each day, day one, day two, day three, and people felt like they were with me and, oh, I've always wanted to go to New Zealand and I feel like I'm there with you and this is now on my bucket list and I'm going to save up and figure out how I can make it happen. And, you know, it, it just really made me feel good that I could give people that experience and that kept me going. I still get really like goosebumps when people tell me that. Sharing those experiences and helping people and then people would actually message me or write to me after they've gone to places and use actual tour guides that I recommended. So when that would happen, I'm like, yay, oh my gosh. <laughs> that will keep you going when people yeah. are responding to you. For you, it seems like it was a release and like a, a process of creativity as well. And then yes. you also were helping people explore. So it sounds like it was a dual feedback Definitely. process of that. And I see you weave that a lot of travel, food, wine, exploration. Yes. So obviously with COVID now, we're not traveling as much. For someone like you, that's got to be even harder. Where are you dreaming about going that you haven't <laughs> been? Like where, where is Dr. White going to be the minute we can? Where are you oh going? Oh my gosh. So, you know, I love South Africa and we were supposed to go back there this past year and so that is definitely top of the list. But we had a trip planned for Brazil in May. And obviously that got canceled. So that is high on my list. Egypt, I would love to go to Egypt. So that's high on my list. And we got engaged in uh, Monaco six years ago. So we had planned to go back for our five-year anniversary this past September. So that got canceled. So those are like the top places. You um, had a lot of things that were on the calendar, yeah. my friend. I'm thinking, 
<laughs> I'm like, you had a way more exciting 2020 plan than I did and they all got canceled, but you had all these plans. So you are dreamy. I, I think it's obviously that you had everything on the calendar. It just kind of shows this like innate need for you and desire to be experiencing and traveling. So I can't wait for you to do that again. As I think about the travel aspect that really drove you in the first place to be expressing these experiences to people, I know recently you've had more experience with some formal education in wine and you just passed your WSET too and you have that. Congrats on that. So what inspired you to dive a little bit deeper into wine from a formal education aspect? What was that about for you? Yes. Whenever I traveled anywhere, I would, you know, go to the different wine regions and do a lot of wine tastings. But, you know, it felt kind of like piecemeal. So then I would read blogs and read parts of books. But, you know, I wanted to learn it from like A to Z. You know, I had not taken like any kind of official class. And I think what happened is we mentioned I went on this press trip and it was really educational because it was during harvest. But there was definitely things that came up and certain terminology that came up that I felt like I was lacking in because I did not have the formal education and I didn't know it in a like from A to Z. So I things things came up and I was like, oh, I remember them talking about that in Champagne or oh, I remember them talking about that when we went, you know, wine tasting in Tuscany. But I'm the kind of person, especially being a physician, that I like to know things in detail. You know, I like to understand <laughs> the chemical aspect. <laughs> you're like a lot of my coworkers. I work in public health full time. Oh, and you're, okay. you're, yeah, you're like a lot of my coworkers. We're such geeks about so many things. So why not yeah. wine? <laughs> right. I can't just, I realized I didn't like knowing it on that kind of like superficial level. You know, it was okay if I was just traveling and visiting the wineries and you do wine tasting and you're like, oh, it tastes good. But it's like, no, what am I exactly tasting and why am I tasting it from this area or from this area? What went into it? And so that, I I really think being on that trip, Riesling is like my favorite varietal, like has always been. And being in Germany and, you know, like being there and learning about it in that way, I was, it was like blowing my mind. And I was like, this is how I want to know all of them. So Well, after that trip, I felt like when I came back, I really needed to start learning it from A to Z. That's kind of what inspired me to to take the course. What do you think was the most surprising part of the course and the formal education that maybe you hadn't had as much experience in? I mean, you obviously loved it. You've been to the places, which a lot of people in wine education go the opposite of that. They may learn about it and then go. You kind of had the opposite Was it something like you just were surprised about a whole topic that you had never really thought about for wine? Like, Uh, was there anything shocking about the formal education? Yes. So I think, and it's still something that I struggle with in terms of learning the different varietals and the exact tasting notes. So, you know, I would know, obviously, this is red, this is white, this is red, this is white. But the exact tasting notes for each varietal, I'm still like, and I'll tell my husband, I'm like, so what do you taste in this one in particular? And he's like, I don't know, it just tastes good. And so I think that and also I was familiar with the regions for like the the bigger grape varietals. That helped me in learning when I was studying because I had been to some of these regions. So Shiraz, like, okay, I've been to Australia, so I knew that. But like Chile, I'd never been to Chile. 
So I didn't really know about like the Cabernets and Chile. And so what grew in different regions, I really didn't know. But I think the specific tasting notes for each one, sometimes I still struggle with that actually. And that is what I'm trying to, to pick up and still learn. <laughs> Well, and that can be the fun part because that means you're tasting and trying different things. (laughs) You're building your vocabulary for what you're tasting. And I actually admire that you can see the places because I think that that's so huge with learning the geography and learning the productions, being able to visualize where you've been. Australia is really high on my list for wine, you know, like, so I might look at one of your guides for how to go. Yeah, of course, Australia. It's so funny when I went there, people were like, I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, I didn't get to go here or there. And they're like, sweetie, it's a continent. It's a continent. And they kept saying that to me because we went to Hunter Valley and then we were in Melbourne. So I wanted to go to Yarra Valley, which was like right there, but we didn't have enough time. And they just kept saying, you do realize how big Australia is. And I mean, you really do need a lot of time. I mean, there's, it's, it's like impossible to think that you'll, we were there for a week because we also went to New Zealand and they're like, what did you think you could see in a week in Australia? So I'll definitely go back just even on a wine trip. You're going Uh, back. This is all, this is all happening. We're manifesting this right now. Yes, absolutely. I really enjoy the, the blog topics that you write about the balance of dedication to all aspects of your professional career, as well as the blog. And I think there's some really beautiful professional accomplishments that you've had outside of your medical field that I just really want to touch on real quick because they're just, it's fun. And I want to know a little bit more, especially because I started diving into, you're a board member for the Black Travel Alliance. Oh, yes. Tell me a little bit more about that. Was that discovered because of the blog or what happened with that and what's your role there? Sure, sure. So Black Travel Alliance was founded in June. Prior to that, basically, what happened was after travel kind of halted for everyone, <laughs> um, there was a, a mastermind group of Black travel bloggers, and we started gathering um, on Zoom calls, kind of talking about like how to keep our blogs going, how to pivot, you know, get creative about um, how to keep our blogs going. And then after George Floyd happened, we saw a lot of travel brands that were posting black squares and you know solidarity about the movement. And a lot of us had experiences where we we're like, wait a minute, like we approached those brands and never got any response. If you looked at their Instagram or Facebook, there was no diversity whatsoever. And so we decided there needed to be some calling out, let's say, <laughs> and say, no, we know that you're not really into diversity. And There had been talk for a while that there needed to be an organization that kind of kept travel brands accountable for diversity and inclusion. And so we decided to to come together. There is um, 18 of us that came together and decided, you know what, let's form this organization and get, you know, travel brands and DMOs accountable finally for, you know, saying what they say, but not actually acting on it. And literally within maybe three Zoom calls, we formed this organization and we started with the pull up for travel campaign <laughs> in June. Oh, it's, it, it, it's really insane as to how much happened that quickly and how much we've accomplished in six months because we started with that campaign. We gave the travel ban 72 hours to show their stats on that. And um, yeah, we got a great response. We've gotten a lot of press and we've gone on to be involved with um, a study with MMGY about how much black travelers spend 
because the misconception is also that black, black travels don't contribute a lot to the economy, which is, we know is not true. We spent over $100 billion is what the recent survey shows in just the U.S. alone. And so, you know, our job right now is to just hold travel brands and DMOs accountable. And we're really trying to include, to increase diversity and inclusion in that space. Uh, we just had an event called Wavelength. We were the first of its kind to connect Black travel content creators with travel brands and DMOs um, to get them campaigns uh, for the new year. And so that went really well. So we're excited. So I'm a board member. So I'm one of the founding members and <laughs> a board member for that. And so, yeah, so that keeps, that has actually kept me really busy <laughs> the past few months. You so, say that you're surprised what can happen <laughs> within that short of time, but I'm thinking when really dedicated, passionate people passionate, get together, yeah. things can happen. And that's like proof of when the right people are in the room, like, look what happens. Look what yes. you created. In 2020, when a lot of people felt like everything stopped, you guys pushed forward and created something beautiful. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy to hear you're on the board. And as yeah. an Atlanta representative, I know you've also been a founding member of the Hue Society. So speaking yeah. of wine, yes. it's yes. so beautiful to see that Atlanta was one of the first chapters. How is yes. that going? Did you have one of your first meetings or what's yes. going on with that? Yes. So we have had a few meetings. So I'm excited because again, like just getting involved with wine community, it's very similar to me in terms of what I saw happening with the Black Travel Alliance, you know, I've been, again, following um, the Hugh Society for a while, and I've been a fan of Tahibi and Julia Coney, and just seeing everything that they've been doing to increase diversity in the wine space. Seems super so synergistic yes, to what you were yes. just describing. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, so we've had a few meetings, and we're getting going with that, and I'm excited to see what comes about. So we're planning to do also fundraisers and to give out scholarships and to help support the Roots Fund. Yeah, I'm excited to see what comes about with that. It's so beautiful, these organizations that are coming together with diversity at the core, but then also accessibility. Like both yeah. of those both of those organizations, those efforts, it's bringing down walls that we don't always know why they were there in the first place. Right. And you're, you're really working to be like, let's just get people access because imagine what people can access. do when they have it in their hands, you know? Access, because exactly right. It's not that the talent isn't there. You're exactly right. It's like the access is not is not there like once you give people the access you just never know what can happen you know so it's beautiful yeah oh, thank you for what you're doing with that i'm thrilled to keep an eye on it i love following the updates from the hue society in general and that atlanta's represented i'm like way yes. to go so thank yes. you for the work you do i also am so interested because this popped up in my little behind the scenes you sneak of you. I was looking, I was looking and I just, tell me about this Oprah <laughs> Magazine brand ambassador situation. Was this because yes. of your blog visibility and your voice online? Like, tell me how that came about. Yes. Yeah, so I've been a Oprah, the Oprah, oh, the Oprah Magazine brand ambassador for the past year. That program has been for a few years actually. And so last year, which was 2019, I applied to be a brand ambassador. And so they only pick a few people. Actually, I don't know if they picked anyone this year, but they only pick a few people every year. And so, yes, so I applied um, through my blog and through everything that I, I do. And so I was really excited last year when I got picked 
uh, to be a brand ambassador. And because I, like I said, it's very small. I think there's only about 43 of us that are brand ambassadors. This <laughs> so, is huge. This is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I found out about it because um, this is just, this is crazy. I've obviously always been a fan of, of Oprah. Who isn't? Let me challenge me. Come at me. Who isn't? And so January, and again, it's so amazing the things that I'm so grateful that I was able to do before COVID. And January of 2019, Oprah had a um, girls getaway cruise and it was Oprah and the O Magazine. So they announced that I think October before the cruise of January 2019. And I didn't even think that was real. I was like, I saw it on Facebook or something. And I said, I don't know if this is real. But I sent the text to a bunch of my friends. And I said, just just book this. Like about 15 of us booked it. And it turns out it was real. And we were able to all go on this just epic three-day cruise. Oprah was on it. Gail was on it. It was um, like all the editors of the magazine. And that's how I even found out that they had this whole brand ambassador program. And I applied and I was accepted. So we work with, we represent the magazine and we work with basically brands that work with the magazine. And so we get to represent the brands and work with brands that work with Oprah magazine. And so, yeah, that's been great. They helped to promote the Buy Travel Alliance once they found that, found out that I was a part of that. And we've, you know, we get to be in the magazine. And so, yeah, that's been, that's been, it's a very close knit community of of women so yeah and so i'll be in the brand ambassador again they asked me to come back so i'll be a brand ambassador again for next year can i ask what you were drinking on the cruise what was the wine situation do you remember was it bubbles was it like good like what was the wine I drank a lot of Prosecco. I can't tell you the brand because it was just going up to the bar and asking for Prosecco, but I will say I drank a lot of Prosecco. Um, Oprah was giving out tequila shots, so I know I had tequila shots one night because she was handing them out. And I think that was mostly what I was drinking. She actually was giving out tequila shots. It was crazy. That's crazy. incredible. What a, yeah. what a beautiful way to find a new opportunity. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, I mean... Again, I'm just so great. I can't even complain, honestly, about not traveling this year when I think about all the travel I did by the end of 2019. And You were just ahead of the game and stocking up on <laughs> yeah, this. This is what I feel. What I, feel. I love that you have such a diverse background of just kind of knowledge and interest in things. And I'm curious, when people ask you to speak or to represent about mm. things, what are the topics? Is it health now? What are some of the things that you are called upon to speak to different audiences about? Yes. So speaking about pivoting, like I mentioned before, my blog has always been kind of like an outlet. So a creative outlet. So I didn't really cover health and medical topics usually on my blog because, you know, it was just, I do that full time. Basically there have been times on my, my blog. So when Zika came out and that was a big outbreak, I did talk about that because there have been times where I felt like people really needed a, a knowledgeable calming force to kind of tell them facts about what's going on and you know as it related to travel I felt like it was important for me to talk about it so there have been times I've written articles like that um, I've spoken at conferences about traveling abroad safely with kids so I have written about that I spoke about that this year actually about traveling internationally um, and how to stay safe and healthy and I think actually yes if you sign up for my blog right now you'll get two lists. One is a packing list and one is also um, a list of things to do before you travel internationally. So I do speak about that because obviously I've traveled a lot internationally. I've 
become ill. <laughs> well, LeBron, nothing serious, but you know, I talk about that and the importance of getting travel insurance and what to do if you do get sick abroad. So that has kind of crossed over at, at times. And so I have spoken about that and written about that and I'm a pediatrician. So people usually will ask me about what, you know, what to do if you're traveling with kids. But when COVID happened, I remember we went on a cruise at the end of January and my husband got sick and he's convinced that, and I got sick after he got sick. And he's like, oh my gosh, I think we had it. I think we had it. We never got tested or antibodies, but it's possible. You're and wondering. So I came back and I started like doing research and I'm like, you know, and there was so much misinformation out there. And so I actually wrote a blog post and I was like, okay, this is what it is. Let me just run it down. That blog post went viral to the point where everybody was asking me to speak on Facebook and different webinars. I ended up on CNN, which was awesome. <laughs> no pressure at all. No yes. pressure. Oh my God. I was live on CNN talking about it and again in relation to travel. So I ended up doing a lot of speaking engagements in regards to COVID and some of it was in regards to, to travel. And so I kind of pivoted a bit into more of like the medical language and speaking engagements this year. Last week though, I spoke about travel shaming for, on a, um, a webinar because I had not traveled all year. I'd actually been talking a lot this year about how to travel safely during the pandemic, even though I hadn't really done much traveling. And I did a road trip over the summer and I documented that and told people, you know, what to do and how to stay safe. And I posted about it and I was travel shamed. People were like really upset that I had done a road trip, even though at that point the numbers were low and I didn't go far. And this uh, travel group, Wonderful, had a webinar and they were covering travel shaming. So they asked me to speak on it. Isn't that wild? That's such a thing that like a year ago, we never would have thought was a thing, you yeah, know? It slipped. Yeah. So instead of people shaming you for not traveling, they're shaming you for traveling. For traveling. And so that was the last thing that I, I spoke about. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I mean, there are some things that'll just always shock me for from here on out that I'm just like, did that happen? It happened. That's now a thing. So that's incredible, though, that people are reaching out to you for your just insight on things. That's got to be fun. The CNN, oh my yeah. gosh, so intense. But you have obviously been able to make health a priority through all of your travels, through exploring wine. How do you balance the healthy <laughs> lifestyle while also enjoying food and wine? Where's oh, your philosophy so on this, Dr. White? <laughs> I tell you, I could be healthier. I'm not going to lie in terms of the food part. I mean, I try and be as healthy as I can while I'm home um, because, of course, in the holidays, I indulge like anybody else. When I'm traveling, it's like, whatever I feel like eating. I mean, I think when I was in Thailand, which I mean, I ate Thai food three times a day, four, well, I ate more than three times a day. So maybe five times a day. I mean, I eat whatever I want when I'm traveling. So I try and be as strict and as healthy as possible when I'm home. And so I definitely exercise. I definitely exercise. And even when I'm traveling, it's funny because I get so much energy when I'm traveling. So even if I'm eating a lot, I am like energizer bunny. I was in Iceland last fall and I'm not, I, I keep telling people I'm not an adventurous traveler, but every time I say that people are like, yes, you are because you've done this and this and this and this. But even though it was cold and I'm not a cold weather person, it's so beautiful. 
it's just so breathtaking that I just was so full of energy. I'm hiking up volcanoes and I'm like hiking down to the beaches. And so I tend to just get so much more energy when I'm traveling because I want to see everything and do everything. And so even though I'm eating a lot, I'm like, I'm constantly on the move, constantly. I'm in Paris and I'm just like this, walking on the streets, walking everywhere. So I try and encourage people to do that. Just, you know, keep moving, keep moving um, and try and be as healthy as you can when you're home so that you can indulge a bit, you know, when you're traveling. Living in the moment seems like an incredible way to advise your clients, your patients, your friends, your family, because you're right. When you're there, there's no turning back that special moment. So what a great way to find some balance. I'm going to try to employ that for myself. (laughs) Kelly, do I have that next bottle? Yes, you're you're in France. Have have the next bottle. Um, So (laughs) I love that. And I think it's important to keep exploring with that open mindset and just, you know, mental health in that sense. So what do you think the Atlanta wine scene, food and wine scene is right now? Because obviously you're not traveling as much. What have you enjoyed about being here in Atlanta? What have you found? How would you describe it to someone who hasn't been here? I have always, I've written a lot about the food in Atlanta because I, I absolutely love love the food scene here i mean obviously southern food soul food but there is lots of great ethnic food in atlanta i mean you know in terms of asian food and barbecue if you ask my husband i mean he'll he gets barbecue quite often here in atlanta so in terms of the wine scene um when i first came to atlanta though i did this um i was looking back at my blog actually and i forgot that i had done like a whole wine tasting series and I had actually met up with friends at different wine bars. And I'm like, why did I stop doing that? Like even at Murphy's, like a bunch of places I had had like wine tastings, I had done a whole wine tasting series. And I was like, why did I stop that? So I really plan to start that back <laughs> again. Now that I actually have a wine certification, I really need to start that back. So um, yeah, I mean, I think there's, since I did that series, there is a bunch of wine bars that I would love to explore in terms of here in Atlanta. So yeah, it's something that I'm looking forward to now that I have the knowledge, you know, like getting into and, you know, seeing what's out there. We have so much that Atlanta offers and it sounds exciting to think that you've been able to find these new experiences just in your hometown. Right. No, I mean, I, like I said, when I look back on that and I was like, I had completely forgotten that I had done like a wine tasting series here. This was it probably about five years ago and wrote a blog post on the best places to go wine tasting in Atlanta. And now there's like tons more places to go. And so, yeah, I think I need to refresh that. <laughs> but that's also great insight as a way to describe that in five yes. years, overwhelmingly different than what it was five years ago. Oh, yeah. what I'm I, hearing you well, say. Yes, no, it's definitely time to, to refresh that. Like I said, like I've written a lot about the food. I even have our blog post on black owned restaurants in Atlanta. And I feel like I need to like, do that for the whole wine scene honestly i love supporting black owned businesses and that's really a passion of mine so i feel like i need to like even the wine shoe i went to like years ago when they had first opened so i feel like i need to like flip that and kind of pursue exploring more of those to do a whole series for that angle i'm ready for it i think a lot of people are ready for it i was just gonna ask you as i hear about all these 
these fun things that you've dabbled in over the years. What's next for the sophisticated life? Uh, Where do you go from here? You know, so I really would love, like I mentioned, to um, branch out more into taking the traveling off the blog and into like the real world. And I've had so many people tell me like they want to travel with me. So my goal, obviously not for next year, but hopefully by 2022 is to hopefully do some wine tours and kind of combine my love for wine and travel and take people with me to some of these wine regions. And again, that's why I feel like my um, wine education is so important because I would like to be able to not only take people to these wine regions, but be one of the people educating them and talking to them about the wine. As I learn, I can also share that education with people um, when we go to these areas. And so, yeah, I'm hoping that will be the next step actually. And so hopefully COVID will behave next year. (laughs) I'm like, yep. When people have a skill that they can write and it brings you in, Mm -hmm. I always imagine like, but what if I was actually there? So what a great idea to take it that next step. Keep it going. When you have a crew of people that already are interested that's kind of the encouragement you need to take that next, you know? Uh, thank you. Yes, I hope so. I hope so. I think it would be, you know, like a cozy group, you know, that's just sitting around the table, eating great food and drinking great wine and just really talking about it and walking through the, you know, cobblestone streets and just, that's how I envision it anyway. Just having a great, really cozy experience in, in these amazing places. And so, yeah, that's what I, that's what I hope to do. Cause I feel like I could do that until I'm 75, you know, as long as I'm able to walk and sit on a plane. <laughs> Let's all keep walking because I think yes. that is going to allow us to do those things. I'm like, go for a walk. Where yeah. can people find out more about you and stay up to date on all the new things that you have coming? Yes. So my blog is the sophisticatedlife.com uh, on Instagram and Pinterest, Twitter, um, at the life and on Facebook, I'm the sophisticated life. So pretty easy. So that's how we'll get all the latest updates from you. Yes. Before I let you go, because I feel like I'm in, like I have a jackpot of of knowledge of a lot of things that I appreciate, like health and wine and food and all things. What's your advice for 2021? People that are coming out of the state that we've all been through, the trauma, the whatever 2020 has brought into your life. What is your lovely advice for the next year? Yes, I am optimistic. I am definitely optimistic. Um, I think this the vaccine is a great, great thing. And I really think by the end of next year that we'll see definite improvement in terms of travel uh, and people being able to like, you know, at least in terms of international travel, look towards 2022 and say, okay, let's get back out there and plan. And people can start looking forward to that and like making plans and having their dreams again about getting out there and traveling again. And so, yeah, in terms of travel, I'm really optimistic about it. And just in terms of health and COVID, I'm optimistic about that as well. I think the, like I said, I think the vaccines are a huge, huge accomplishment. And as a physician, I am, I'm grateful and yeah, I am, I'm grateful and I'm hopeful about it. So. Ooh, I feel those yeah. good vibes coming from you yeah. right now. I feel oh, that I, I'm like, yes, I'm right along with you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that good energy. 
And yeah, yeah, we'll just keep exploring however we can until that point. So thank you so much for sharing your insight. I'm excited for people to learn more about what's coming from you and the way that you see the world around you. It's really inspiring. So keep it up. Thank Thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Live with the Cork in the Road. This is Kelly signing off. Until next time, when we share stories of people who are shaping the Southeast wine industry and the wine world beyond. If you want more adventures with us, check us out online and on Instagram at a cork in the road. And you can also visit our website, www.acorkintheroad.com, for all kinds of updates and to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Cheers and take care. <laughs>